To coach or not to coach, that is the question. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome, everyone. And here is Roy Rowland from Independence, Missouri. And we're going to talk about coaching or not coaching, when to coach, when not to coach. And this is a great question. And this actually came from one of my clients. We were talking here a couple of weeks ago and they were challenged or they were frustrated with their managers always reverting to the coaching model when that might not be the best thing for them, where they felt frustration. They really wanted an answer or they wanted to just go on to a process. They didn't want to be coached in that process. And so as a manager, you can create frustration with your folks if in fact you try to uh, coach them when they truly want directives, they want advice, or they merely want to vent. And how, they, how you can go about those processes is very, very important. So we're going to give you some tips and tricks today on when to coach and when not to coach. And this is just a great question, when to coach and when not to coach. And I want to also bring up a great point. I was reading an article online by Marcia Reynolds. Uh, she wrote it in January 24th, 2019. And she talks about a very important concept, and I love this concept. She says, there's no such thing as hybrid coaching. You're either coaching or you're doing something else. I love that concept. You're coaching or you're doing something else. And the question ultimately is, should you be coaching or should you be doing something else? And if you're doing something else, what are the triggers for that? What are the things that you can do? How can you approach it so that you can do it in a good way? So one of the great questions I think for you to ask before going into a coaching session is, should it be will, hill, or skill? And those are three obstacles that all people have that are problems or challenges facing them. Uh, Will, hill, and skill for me is an easier way to remember that. A lot of people will talk about attitude, willingness to do it. Uh, They may talk about their aptitude, um, their skill level. Or the hill, some type of obstacle or resource that's in the way, some type of barrier that's keeping them for where they want to go. And so depending on those three keys, what do you want to do? Now, lots of people talk about coaching, and they talk about coaching from the first aspect. And that is to coach when it is an attitude problem, or there's a sense of a loss of confidence, or there's a lack of of the ability to kind of overcome that mental barrier that they have. That's a great time to coach. Some, say you're someone is, you're working with an employee and they lack the confidence to give a presentation to the team. This is a great way to talk about coaching. You can coach them to have the confidence to do that. So let me give you an example of this. Say you've got an employee and they've got to give a presentation to the group. It's their responsibility, it's their duties, it's their part of the process, it's their part of the, the project you're doing. And they're scared to death. So they come into you and go, oh my God, I can't do this. Please save me for this this incredibly challenging task. Help me solve this issue. And you bring them in and this is a great coaching opportunity. Let them come in and say, okay, what's the challenge? What's the barriers? And they're going to say, I'm incredibly nervous or I'm incredibly uh, challenged with this. And then you might ask them the question, have you ever had a situation before 
where you've actually given a presentation even if you've been nervous, even if you have had it be just a challenging situation. And they say, and let's face it, most adults have had the opportunity to give presentations when they didn't want to and yet were successful at it. It's going to be incredibly rare that you have somebody who is going to do that. Now, I found that when people come in and say, I'm nervous, I don't want to do this, they're really looking for a way out of it. And if you let them out of it, how are they going to develop their skills and abilities and natural talents? So I want to share with you just a real quick story. We'll come back to uh, helping coach that person uh, with their, their confidence. But I'm actually talk to you about a kind of a story about transformation. And really what you want to do with coaching is you want to tr be transformational. You want to help people transform to be something different. Uh, as many of you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm a huge Harry Truman fan. I live in Independence, Missouri, his hometown, his place where his library is at. And we're so proud of Harry Truman because of his character, his integrity, his ability to do such a great job as president. And he's recognized as clearly one of the top 10 presidents the United States ever had. Some people put him in the top five and, five and top seven. I would certainly put him in the top seven, no question. But I remember hearing stories or, or excuse me, reading stories about him when he first became uh, where he was first running for office. He had a failed business. He had a clothing store back in those days. They called it a haberdashery. And he had a failed business and that business failed. And he uh, then had to go on and do something else. So in order to make a living, he decided to run for public office. Uh, at that time, they called it uh, a judge. It really, truly was kind of a one of the three-member board members of the Jackson County Legislature. And so he ran for that. And, and there was a story told that the very first time he gave his very first speech, he literally walked up to the microphone, just like you and I are communicating right now. I'm talking to this microphone so you can hear this podcast and hear these ideas. He walked up, looked at the crowd, mumbled something, and walked off. Can you imagine being unemployed, uh, facing the prospect of bankruptcy because your business failed? Uh, you walk up and you're so frightened that you can't actually give a presentation. And then years later, he became Give Him Hell Harry. How did he transform from that moment when he was incredibly frightened and he couldn't give that presentation to the fact where he would, in fact, just give him hell on the campaign trail? And he was, in fact, elected in 1948 when many people counted him out. Some people estimate he was a 17 to 1 underdog in that election. So how did he move from being in a situation where he wasn't able to speak in front of folks and then he was? And it was because he transformed himself. He worked on his skills to get to the point where he could do the best he could possibly be in his situation. So now your job, going back to the question we have, you've got somebody who walks in front of you and says, I can't do this. Imagine it might be Harry Truman. And he says, I'm, I just lost my business. I'm at the prospect, the precipice of filing for bankruptcy. I'm trying to run for this office to at least have some income to feed my family just imagine what it did for his ego. Just imagine the blow that he took to his self-esteem that he was, in fact, facing these kind of prospects and then running for public office and being so frightened at speaking that he could hardly speak. Now imagine that person's in front of you. And really what we had to do was basically get to find out where Harry Truman was natural at. When he became Give Him Hell Harry in 1948, he was very good at memorizing things or speaking off the cuff. And what he was doing is he was trying to emulate FDR, who could read a speech and just be so incredibly eloquent. And what we've discovered with Harry Truman, if he had a notepad 
or a note card, an index card with three or four or five key points on that he wanted to talk about, he could talk extemporaneously from the heart and he could do an extraordinary job. So the question is, you're working with someone who's saying, oh, I don't know what to do and I'm afraid of this and I don't know how to handle this. It may in fact be a confidence situation, but it also might be a skill situation. See, Harry Truman needed to recognize his strengths, his abilities, and also what he was naturally good at. And if someone would have coached him and asked him some questions, Harry, when was a time when you spoke from your heart with passion and conviction? When was a time that you really felt uh, a huge barrier there? And if he had one moment where he had had some success, then follow that path. And see, now you can see that you're talking about Harry Truman's attitude, he truly wanted to speak, but his aptitude, his, the challenge is he didn't know how to go about the process. And you can still use coaching questions to help him improve the process. When is the time that you were successful? When was the time that you gave a speech? When was the time that you told some people something that you were passionate about? And if Harry Truman was to talk about things he was passionate about, guess what? He became Give Him Hell Harry. But when he tried to read it off a script, he never was able to match the eloquence of DFDR. So when you're working with your folks, you might want to see a situation like that. How can you help them be very, very successful in that regard? So something else might be exactly what someone needs in that coaching moment. You may need to either coach or do something else. You may need to send them to Toastmasters so they can prepare for it. You may need to pair them up with someone so they don't give the presentation by themselves. And you can ask them a question. Would you like to work with someone? And rather than you give that presentation alone, give that presentation with someone. There are a whole host of opportunities and options. And the key as a coach is to continue to go through all the options that are available to you so that you can find the greatest option for them. But a great question you can ask them, too, in starting out with this. I don't know if I've really talked about my coaching business and my coaching process. I do, I do very little executive coaching, some, but very little. Uh, I do hardly any life coaching, mostly as a favor to friends. Most of my business, almost 70% of my coaching business, uh, besides training and speaking, is really, truly working with senior-level folks, the C-level folks, the managers and the supervisors. I want to coach the entire management team to coach. I want to change the culture of that organization. And by doing that, one of the things I've discovered is I get some pushback from supervisors or managers where the folks above them always revert to coaching rather than reverting to some other options. And one of the questions you want to ask your folks, and this is very important, is the simple question, is this a time to coach or are you, is there a time constraint where you need an answer right now? That's a great question. You could ask them, is the coaching appropriate or how would you like to proceed? Now, there's an important question there. If they always say, give me the answer, they're defaulting and making you the manager again. They're making you responsible for their responsibilities. And you've got to be able to be a little careful on, are they really truly trying to get the job done right now? Or are they trying to abdicate their responsibility to you? And do they want you to do that? So that is a great question to ask. Is now coaching an opportunity to do that? Or do you want to go from a different perspective and see how it's done? So one of the keys too with coaching is this. Do they have a desire to be coached? And I think that is really critical. I was working with a client this week and I was doing some training and they were concerned about some folks who really weren't engaged in the uh, sales training slash coaching that I was doing. And they said, what do we do with those people that are truly engaged? I say, we stay true to our goal that we're going to continue to do the training. We're going to continue to do the process. And 
what I see most of the time is that people come along through peer pressure. They feel obligated to start to be a member of the team and to tell their success stories. How do we do this? Well, how can we be better at it? And what can we do to be successful? So find out if there's a desire to be coached. And if there's not, Focus on those folks that do want to be coached. What you want to do is move the entire middle of on that bell curve is a manager. If you can move the middle, if you can move the bell curve to the right and you've got better performance from your entire team and just not one or two people, wow, you've been incredibly successful. So recognize that, that there is a time to coach and is, and is coaching appropriate or not coaching? Should you? And there's sometimes when you just need to give someone the answer. If they're in a hurry and they've got a customer or a member, they're right there that they need to help, then guess what? You can ask them, do you need this information right now? Do you need me me to make a decision right now? And if you do, then go ahead and work from that process. Give them the answer. Um, A woman shared this story with me. She said she walked into her manager one day and she started to vent and her manager started to coach. And she said, can you just stop coaching for a moment and let me vent? This is really bothering me. I've got to get this off my chest before we can move on to coaching. So she had the self-awareness to be able to tell the coach what she wanted. But your job is to watch the body language, uh, watch their tone, watch the words that they talk about, how their shoulders slump or rise when they're talking about something. You want to be able to be so attuned to what they're saying that you can pick the right option. Should I coach at this moment or should I, in fact, listen and let them vent? Also, if somebody don't assume that defensiveness or hesitation means uncoachability, there are great questions you can ask when you see that sense of resistance. What are you thinking? What might be holding you back? How could I help? What do you want to see happen here? Those are all great questions that you can ask to make sure that you are, in fact, a better coach in that situation. This is another important key from Marcia Marcia Reynolds' article from January of 2019. She says, no matter how good you are at asking questions, there must be a willingness to engage in coaching for it to be effective. And that is so true. There needs to be a willingness on the participant, the coach, your, your team member, are they willing to be coached? Do they want to be coached? And then another great question is, she also says in this article, which is a great quote, she says, you can't coach something out of nothing. And what she's meaning there is you can't have a second grader be a CEO for the organization. There's no way they have the skill levels. No amount of coaching is going to get to that to level. And I think that's an important key too. Are we so far from the goal here that we really need training? We need teaching. We need to sit down with them and show them the processes and things like that before we can give them the opportunity. Coaching assumes the ability of that person to take responsibility and to act. If that person cannot take responsibility and act, a second grader certainly can't, then we're using coaching at the wrong moment. And so to coach or not to coach That's a great question. Do they have the will, skill, or is there a hill in the way that keeps them from it? Do they have the willingness? Now, there may be a a second grader, and I've read books where people in the ninth grade knew they wanted to do this. But even when they were in ninth grade, they weren't ready to do that. They weren't ready to be coached to be that organizational development uh, psychologist. They weren't ready to do that. 
They knew that was the path they wanted to pursue, but there was a lot of learning they had to occur in the meantime. The question is, you've got to do an assessment of your folks to find out what level of learning are they at and how you can help them in that regard. I think that's such an important key. Another key is don't coach if you can't detach. I love that concept. And the concept is so important because sometimes we get caught in our minds that this has to be the end vision or this has to be the way it's done. And if we can't detach from the process, then we really can't coach them. So we have to detach from the process sometimes to let them do it their way, that it doesn't have to be our way or the highway. We don't have to be Frank Sinatra and have to do the my way song. Do they have the ability, do they have the ability, the responsibility, the ability to act and respond? If they do, let them do it that way. And I think detachment is such a critical skill with coaching, such a critical skill. Another important key with coaching is this. Coaching is not a silver bullet. And I hear this from a whole host of folks when I'm working with them. They just, when they get into coaching, they love it. And they, it's almost like a, when you teach a child to use a hammer. And when you do that, be careful with all the stuff in your living room because they're going to take that hammer and use it everywhere. But they're using the skill or they're using that tool inappropriately. Coaching is a tool in your management toolbox. It is not, it is not the tool you should use all the time, but I think it is the most highly leveraged tool. Is it a tool that you should use? Absolutely. Should you use it at the right time? No question. And so the question truly is, it's not a silver bullet. And you've got to look at will, hill, and skill. Do they have the aptitude? Excuse me, do they have the attitude to do this? And if there's an attitude problem, then let's look at that. Say, what's holding you back? What are the challenges? Um, what, what is keeping you from pursuing this? What's your mindset in this? Those are great attitude questions. An aptitude question is, what is holding you back? And it, and it may be, you know, I, uh, I just don't know how to get past this lever. I don't know how to get in here. I don't know how to do this. A great example of this would be uh, you just hire a brand new person to be a computer programmer at your company and you want them to code and you give them the computer and you say fire away and they come back to you and they say, what's my password to get into the system? That's one of the hills. That's one of the barriers to keeping them from doing their job. You've obviously got to eliminate that to do that. But coaching is no silver bullet. You wouldn't want to say at that point, well, let's think about that. What, could, what is keeping you from going after your password? What's keeping you from using the password you've used in the past? They're going to know it's just absurd. So that's a great example of not doing coaching there. Find the solution. Give them the answer. And that's an important key in the process. So as I'm talking about this, and I had this question arise while I was coaching this last week with some clients, and we typically have group settings on there, and we get to talk about the kind of the mindset of the organization, which I love because I get to see it from a C-level, from the management level, and also the supervisory level. And these folks were actually saying uh, that this is a huge challenge, and this, they don't know what to do or how to go about it. So coaching is no silver bullet. Sometimes you have to go back and look at what are the obstacles that are keeping people from it. And so just like the example of the computer programmer, he walks into your office, wants to code, but can't use the, the password. That's not a time to actually go through the process of coaching. That's a time to give them the passwords. So they can actually or have them create a password. So they get on the system and they can start doing what they were hired to do was, was programming, was coding the computer. 
However, coaching is a great tool when you've got a challenge where, hey, uh, I'm a computer programmer, but I'm having trouble working with Jim. Can we walk through this? What are the challenges? What are the obstacles? And then that's a great time to talk about coaching, helping that person work with Jim to say, what can we do? So you've got to look at it as, is it an attitude problem? Is it a communication problem? Is it a team building problem? And then asking the question, is coaching the right approach? Or is it a fact where you should say, nope, this is a time to teach them or it's a time to walk them through the process. It's also a great opportunity to ask them that question. How do they want to do it? How do they want to go about it? So if your staff lacks specific skills or knowledge, that is not the time to coach. You want to give them those skills and that knowledge. Your staff has member has a lack of available resources. Guess what? Not a time to coach. You've got to get them the computer so they can go ahead and program. Your staff members aren't buying into coaching. Then have a discussion about that. What do they want to do? What do they want? How do they want to proceed? Because if they don't want to be coached, guess what? You won't be successful. And also, if you're pressed for time, sometimes there is a time when you've got to give direct orders. And guess what? Direct orders are appropriate. It's almost like a 911 moment. I remember being trained um, on CPR, and they gave a great tip in that process. They said, if you were the, you've been trained for CPR, and you know what to do. Someone goes to the ground. You feel to see if they have a pulse. You put your ear to see if they're breathing. If they have a pulse and they're breathing, don't give CPR. But if you don't feel pulse, guess what? Proceed with CPR. But as soon as you do that, you look at someone in the crowd and you say to them exactly that person, you right there call 911. Because they've recognized in the past, if you don't pick someone out and you say, somebody call 911, Everybody thinks somebody else will do it. You have to give a clear directive at that point. And that is not a time to coach or to coach someone through how to do CPR. That needs to be a trained skill and you don't coach through it. And so that's a time when not to coach. But is coaching great? Absolutely. Is it one of the powerful tools I have seen with creating organizational change and changing organizational culture? No question. I have seen organizations grow and prosper, become more profitable, become more cohesive, greater teams because they're using the skills of coaching. So what I want you to do, what I want you to do is to take that process and use and decide when you should coach and when you shouldn't coach. If you are going to the coaching model and it's creating tremendous frustration with your team members, guess what? You may not want to coach. You may want to ask them, do you need a directive? Do you need an answer? Do you need to go about this right now? But also, if they start using that technique on you, you might want to ask the question, are they trying to get away from coaching? Because that requires self-analysis. It requires self-thought. But also, it's also incredibly freeing. People love to be engaged with coaching because they get to make decisions about their life, their future, and how they work in the organization more effectively. And that sense of engagement and sense of ownership is truly freeing, and it gives them a great release. So that's something to think about today. Should you coach or should you not coach? And the reason I brought this up is because it was a real-life examples from real-life clients saying that sometimes their managers divert to coaching when they, shouldn't, when they should be doing something else. They're a child with a hammer. They're excited about coaching and they want to do it all the time. And you've got to use coaching just like you use a hammer. Sometimes you need to saw a piece of wood. Sometimes you need to drill a hole. And sometimes you need to use a hammer to drive the nail home. 
but you've got to pick the right tool at the right time so that you're most effective as a carpenter. You as a manager need to pick the most effective tool at the right time so that you can make the greatest impact in your organization and help move that middle in a positive and productive way. So I hope this has helped you think about to coach or not to coach and how that can help your organization. And so also, uh, as a wrap up here, uh, you know, as you know, this podcast is brought to you by Coaching Manager University. It's a 52-module program that we've created to help you become more effective as a coach. I'm actually giving away to the first person who sends me an email and says, I want to have Coaching Manager University. Send me an email, and I will give you a free scholarship to Coaching Manager dot university. So it's www.coachingmanager.university. And it's a great opportunity for you to learn how to use these skills more effectively so that you can make a greater impact in your organization. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at rory at coachingmanager.university. Love to respond to emails. And also, if you have any questions or challenges um, about the processes of coaching, give me a holler. Also, we're coming up on 100 episodes, and so if you have an experience where this has helped you be a more effective coach or manager, please let me know. I would love to share your thoughts or your ideas of how this program has helped you become a much better manager. So I just want to say thank you for listening to Coach or Not to Coach today with Coaching Manager University as our sponsor. And I want to say thank you for listening to Coaching for Potential because I want to see you help improve the potential of your folks, make more of an impact, have more influence in your organization, and help propel your career forward. Everybody have a great day. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.